Welcome to the Real Estate Play-By-Play. We are your hosts, Christy Martinelli, top-ranked realtor worldwide, and Danielle Olbrantz, mortgage industry veteran. On and off the field of life, you need to know the plays to win the game. We are here to give you the play-by-play tools to reach your real estate goals. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, a seasoned investor, or just have a love for real estate, suit up. It's It's game game time. Welcome back to the Real Estate Play-by-Play. So every organization is different in sports, right? So whether it's football or basketball or soccer, all the clubs, the different organizations you have, they have the GMs, they have the presidents, and the culture within each team can vary from team to team, you know? And so I feel like that's actually the same with real estate, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. You know, we were just kind of talking about that when you're a new real estate agent and you're trying to, you know, figure out where your fit is in the industry. I think a lot of people not only getting into the business, but real, you know, buyers, sellers, consumers don't necessarily understand all of the differences with different types of real estate companies and different type of mortgage companies. So let's dive into that a little bit. Let's start with the mortgage side. Okay. Because I really think consumers think that all mortgage companies are the same. And there are so many differences. And some are good for some people. Some are good for other people. It's not that any one type of mortgage company is bad per se, but they might have a better fit for a different type of client. So I think that's really important that consumers know about that. So... I, I, think, I think what's yeah. the difference? I think let's start off with what's the difference yeah. between a mortgage because I get this question a lot on my end totally. for you. Yeah, what's the difference between a mortgage company and a bank? Yeah, okay, we're gonna try to simplify this because a little yeah. bit. It's because you can get loans from both places. Yeah, hundred percent. You could go so, walk yeah. into a large mm-hmm. bank and they will have mortgage products available to you. So important to know that those banks are typically servicing and keeping those loans themselves. So they have a little bit of flexibility in what types of loans they can do because they're kind of making the rules, right? They're lending their own money, so to speak, you know, their own investment money. And they do have some flexibility on types of mortgages that they offer. Now, when you walk into a bank and you talk to a loan officer, those loan officers work directly for that bank They are paid directly by that bank, either commission or salary. But generally speaking, they do not hold a state license. So generally speaking, those loan officers, they're they're registered into the, the national registry system for loan officers, but they don't have to pass any tests. They don't have to really answer to anyone other than the bank that employs them. They may only know about the products their bank offers because they simply are not licensed to even know about other products or have been trained in it. Now, sometimes they do, but most frequently, you know, you're going to get information about only the options that that bank has to offer. Now, banks are generally a great option for people who have large amounts of assets at that bank. Mm, That bank is motivated to keep you coming into their their facility, right? So if you have money there, they'll often offer you really aggressive interest rates in order to kind of keep you coming back. It keeps you tied into their bank in just another another way. And I feel like banks kind of have their own little niches, right? 100%. Yeah. So. Yeah. Community banks will do like, you know, more unusual community stuff. Bigger banks will often do like jumbo loans that are higher dollar amounts very well. But if you have money there, 
Usually the place to start is checking with your bank, but always, always, always cross compare because those loan officers don't know what else they don't know. So then that kind of takes you into more mortgage companies. So sometimes these are referred to as correspondent mortgage companies. Usually you're just going to see it as like a mortgage company. You're talking names like, you know, Supreme Lending and Cross Country and Guaranteed Rate. Companies that don't have a bank attached to them. So mm-hmm. like you can't walk into a bank and, and open a checking account with them, but all they do is mortgage. And then they, they're selling their yeah. loans, right? So basically they are set up so that they make the loans. Normally they're making Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA loans, which are kind of the big names in, in mortgage. They're making those loans. They're underwriting them and approving them themselves. They are funding them themselves. They have like giant credit lines and they Mm -hmm. close the loans themselves. And then as soon as it closes, they sell it off to a end investor. Now, the thing to know about this is sometimes because they have end investors to answer to, and they're ultimately responsible for making sure that loan meets all of the end guidelines, Mm. they usually have things called overlays. Overlays are rules that apply just to them to kind of make sure that the bank is safe enough or the the mortgage company is safe enough that they'll be able to sell that loan after the fact. So usually it's restrictions. Usually it means that they're a little bit more strict on guidelines. It always means that they, you know, only offer the products that their company offers. Now, sometimes they have like the ability to broker loans and they'll say that, but usually they're only allowed to broker loans if their company either can't offer it or can't offer it at the best price. And Mm -hmm. there's all these rules involved. And again, you're working with a loan officer who is only allowed to sell whatever their company tells them they can sell. Okay. So I worked in that model for years. It was it was good. The challenges that I faced as a loan officer is that you have a company that has high levels of overhead, right? They have big office buildings. They have staff. They have credit so lines. Like, I'm assuming there's more fees attached to that that get passed off to the consumer. Yeah, but you may not see it. Mm. And that's the challenge is that it's it just kind of gets all buried in the interest rate. And you'll never really know what those fees look like or those costs look like, you know, not to say that there's not good options there, but it it limits you as a consumer. And almost always there's more profit overhead and expenses built into your underlying interest rate. Right. A few years ago, about four or five years ago, my husband and I moved into the broker world. And this is just the true independent model. And we've loved it. It has been an amazing opportunity to serve our clients at a bigger level. So So why? Why have you loved it versus? I mean, yeah, we truly get to offer our clients everything. So we are an independent company. We work for ourselves. We are contracted with as many banks as I can find to sell to. So that allows when a client comes to me, It allows me to really evaluate what they need and to find the best interest rate at that time, right? And different Mm -hmm. banks have different rates at any given day. And so I'm able to shop in live time, not like whether my company is competitive that day. It's whether I can find the most competitive company. And I I have the option of 
you know, using them once and then never again, if they didn't perform well, or if they didn't have good rates, I can always shop. It gives me a lot of flexibility to serve my clients. And if, if you pick, let's say you pick a lender that's going to, the company, a mortgage company that's going to work best for your client. Yeah. And then you guys go through the whole escrow process and you close, mm-hmm. they have the loan and they're going to sell on the secondary market. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's just another... Yeah. So chain. it's kind of like top. It's kind of like getting an umbrella. You're yeah. kind of on the top of the umbrella and yeah. you're going to filter it through. Exactly. You're, and then you're I would cutting imagine, out some middlemen in the process. Right. And I would imagine because it's your own company and you have that more flexibility, I would imagine the rates are a little bit better too because yeah. not, not all the fees are getting pulled into the rates like. Right. I mean, quite frankly, we just have less, less expenses. Right. So, you know, I have a small little office in town. It's just my husband, myself and an employee. We control everything that we spend money on. So we don't have big TV ads. We don't have stadiums that we're paying money to like some of those bigger mortgage companies. We control everything that goes into our interest rates. And as a result, we're able to set our profit margins much lower Mm -hmm than if we were a mortgage company because there's less people involved. I don't have a manager that's making money off of our our loans. I don't have those things. You know, some brokers do, but we don't. We're a small independent broker and it really allows us to give flexibility to our clients. And for me, that was the combination of the best of everything. It's definitely a little bit more work on our end, right? you know, and so a lot of loan officers tend to steer towards working at a mortgage company where the company, you know, if I don't close any loans, my rent still do, you know, I still have mm-hmm. to do all my own computer stuff and IT and all that stuff has to happen myself. So I don't have a marketing department. I don't have those things. Right. But for me, it allowed me to really control you know, what we spend money on in order to keep our pricing as aggressive as we can for the consumer, which to me was very important. Right, right. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's it's a challenge, right? Because it's hard to tell, especially when you're out there shopping as a consumer, you know, what type of company you're working with, but it's okay to ask, you know, what type of company are you? And just be mindful that when somebody says that they work for like a mortgage bank or they're a direct lender, and they say, well, I can broker. That doesn't really mean that they're a broker. It still means you have all those levels of overhead and profit built into their broker pricing. And so it's really not, it's really not the same. So what's the question that they should ask? I think that's yes exactly to. what I would ask is, you know, are you a true independent mortgage broker? You're, there's studies done mm-hmm. that show that nationally you will save money when working with more. Actually, brokers. I think that's super confusing for the consumer, it to is. be honest with you, yeah. because I'm in it and I can hear you talking. I'm like, that sounds confusing. Like confusing. I get it, but I, I feel like as a consumer that's not in this world, uh-huh. trying to find yeah. a mortgage broker. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's tough, but that's a good question. There are some websites you mm-hmm. can go to. So there's like a large wholesale company that that brokers send to and they have a website findamortgagebroker.com and you could go there and anyone who's listed there would be an independent mortgage broker so you could just find somebody there but I think probably your best bet is to trust your real estate professionals and make sure that they connect you with the right people but definitely it's worth asking you know are you a mortgage broker or not and Mm -hmm. 
And let me ask you this, are mortgage brokers, do they have certain niches or is it kind of more broad or how would you define them? I mean, some certainly do, right? So as a mortgage broker, I can do pretty much any type of mortgage under the sun. I personally tend to specialize in what I'm good at and what I have lots of experience in. So I steer away from most commercial transactions and things like that. But Mm -hmm. other than that, you know, anything on the residential side, you know, I'm just good at. So yeah. I'll stick to those. But even things like home equity lines, we we have some options for and those. bridge loans. You guys do bridge loans? Bridge loans. Now, not all mortgage brokers offer bridge loans. That's kind of a product that we've specialized in. And, and it's a private money project, private money product. So that's something that we specialize in. So yeah, make sure you find yourself a good mortgage broker, one that is doing a lot of business because that does matter. They need experience working with all these different you know, wholesale lender companies so that they know how to get your loan done quickly through the system, all of those things. I think I think that's probably the first place to start without getting overly complicated. Right. So let's let's talk about the real estate side now because it's just <laughs> as complicated. It, it is. It is. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're always told as realtors, it doesn't really matter where your company is, they're going to go with the realtor versus the company, yeah. quote unquote, right? And yeah. there is some truth to that, I will say. But it really does depend on what company people are realtors are with. So for example, you could be with more boutique style real estate company, maybe a small one that's only a, a one man shop, mom and pop shop, I should say. You right. know. There's also nationally and worldwide companies like Cowell Banker with who I'm with. Right. So I think as a realtor, when you're getting into the industry, picking what company you should be with, just like in sports, the culture is going to be different at every real estate agent agency that you go to. So I will say when I got into the business, which I was first in mortgage lending actually for many years. Mm -hmm. And then when I transitioned over to getting my real estate license, my now 13 year old son was six months. And okay. that was, I popped him out and I thought, well, I need to do something <laughs> while I'm here. Might as well just get my license. I always wanted my license. Forget I was taking in the time rest- off. Yeah. That's, I mean, who needs that? Who needs that? Yeah. I had always thought to myself, well, I'm just going to get my real estate license. I loved the, the world of real estate. Yeah. So I got my license and my, my, actually my game plan was to, so when you get your real estate license as a realtor, you have to hold your license with a company. Right. You can't just get it and have it yeah. and not do anything with it. Right. That's one thing that I don't think realtors realize. Yeah. You have to hold it with a company. So they yeah. actually have to hire you and hold your license at that company. Right. So my plan was to find a real estate company that I align with, hold my license there, wait until I went through my maternity, maybe like a year or two, my kids get bigger and then start working more. Right. Yeah. I'll never forget. So a friend of mine said, you have to come talk to my company. You would love them. So I went, I went and talked to them. Like I'm getting my license or I just got my license. I can't remember. I either just got it or was just getting it. And she's like, listen, you can work here and you can be a mom. And it was like music to my ears. You know, I'd been off for a couple (laughs) months. I was like getting kind of stir crazy. I was like, wait, they like are totally fine with me working here and being a mom. Like if you're a mom first, that was good for them. They were fine with that. And, you know, you don't really expect that going into a corporate world. Right. This had been, I would say a more boutique shop, but they were number one in Murray County, which is where we live. And so I was 
I was actually super impressed. I was like, okay, well, okay, that kind of like stopped me in my tracks. And so they told me all the stuff they can offer. And for me working in a local industry, I think one of the most important things that a company can offer you when you're just starting out is training. Yeah. And one of the big things they had was contract training and different classes I can take. And because really that first year of real estate, you just want to submerge yourself with education. And and I think people everything. think when they pass their real estate exam, they'll know what to do. And I mean, yeah. I don't do think you learn anything you actually got it. Yeah. from the test. The test just gets you, gets you through the door. No. Yeah, exactly. So as a new agent, you definitely want to find a company that's going to help train you and yeah, you can have classes, things like that. I had a mentor that helped me that was in my classes. And so that was great. So I ended up signing with that company. I actually didn't uh, interview with any other companies, not something I would necessarily recommend in hindsight. I was happy it worked out for me, but I would recommend you know, seeing what other companies offer you. Um, They also had a very big brand name, right? I mean, they were like the very well-known company in town. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. And when you start off, you're not, even if you do close a transaction, your split is so small that you're not making any money. But to me, when I started out, that wasn't the goal. The goal was to learn as much as I can. Yeah. But but let's talk about that for a second, right? So I don't even think some people know that when you work as a real estate agent, you know, the commission that you make on any deal, you don't get all of that. Like that gets shared with the company you work for. That's so funny because that two and a half percent of commission, like if you sell a house, either on the buying side or the selling side, that literally goes to your company. So that goes to Cobalt Banker. And then yeah. they pay me right after your fees and you paid your transaction coordinator and everything else that comes out of it. Right. And as a newer agent, your split is very low. Right. So you're not making very much money. And it's, I, we were just talking about this earlier. So I don't know if you guys watched the show Selling Sunset. Right. Right. But they had an episode that I was just watching and the agent went to her broker and said, Hey, I want to get a bigger split. You know, I come from a bigger split. I want a bigger split. And he was basically like, no, I'm not giving you a bigger <laughs> split. And the, and the reasons why she wasn't getting a bigger split is because they cap at a certain amount, which is, that's fine. That's their brokerage. But she is a part of a brand. Right. And what your brand is comes into play in this industry. And new agents don't understand that. No. And that's something that if you can catch on to that quickly, that'll be really important in the long run. I think it's just, it's, you know, it's narrow sighted, right? You think, well, I'm only going to get 50% of the commission or whatever it is without realizing that, you know, you'll get 50% of nothing if you don't have help, right? Like, right. I, I think that's awesome the way you went into it, really thinking like, I just need to get experience. Yeah. Experience and training. Yeah. And obviously, you know, getting paid is great too, right? But getting into this industry as a new agent, I think they say, you're lucky as a new agent if you do one deal your first year. You the did. dropout rate is so high yeah. as a realtor. It's so yeah. high. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But you did far more than one. Yeah. I did around what I do. I think it was like 10 or something yeah. my first year. Yeah. I mean, so much for like staying home with my kid, right? <laughs> I actually, though, to my defense, I took my kid two at the time. Yeah. I took them everywhere. I would go door knocking. I would hand out flyers and I took them in the wagons everywhere with me. I would go on broker tour. I would take my kids with me. I go to open houses. Yeah. So I, I learned how to hustle with my kids. Right. Right. I mean, I also had help and you you have to have help. If you're a mom, you're trying to get into this industry, you have to plan on help for your 40 hours a week. You know, you can't yeah. just, you know, make it on 10 hours a week. 
for not sure. going to happen. Now, why would somebody pick, you know, like like a smaller brokerage mm-hmm. over one of the national brands? Yeah. So fast forward, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. There's that saying. So now I'm at Cole Banker, which is known worldwide. Yeah. And there is a lot of backing behind Coal Banker. And I've been so happy at Coal Banker. And it's just the prestige of the name, how many people it's recognizable has right. to do with the brand, right? It right, goes right, back right. to the brand again. It's like Coal Coca-Cola Banker. versus RC Cola, you know? Right. It's just recognizable. People want a higher brand, higher yeah. level of a brand. And you're kind of your own brand. And so whoever you associate with, your company that you're with is going to be a reflection on you and what you're going to present mm. present to your clients. Additionally, you know, I have a lot of help. Um, we have a lot of training. We get a on marketing programs. So when I get a listing, I know exactly what program I'm putting them in. They, they help. I mean, it's just a world of difference, but there are definitely pros and cons with where people go. And I would say, you know, interview the different agencies, the companies, when you get your license as a new agent and figure out what's going to be best for you. Right. And then what about from like a buyer or seller's perspective? Is there any noticeable difference for them? Yeah, I think there is. For example, being with a bigger company, Coal Banker here in Marin County and Sonoma County is really heavy, has a heavy presence. So people recognize it. We also do a lot more business with our own agents from our company. Hmm. So like we have a team meeting yesterday, we're telling everyone our coming soon and our off market listings. And so we're sharing those. There's a lot of collaboration that goes on. Whereas, you know, if you're at a smaller brokerage and you only have two or three people in your company, there's not as much collaboration going on. You're not learning about the new listings or the off markets or the come tunes. And I think we mentioned this before, our team does anywhere between 35 and 40% off market. It has to do also with the fact that, you know, we belong to a burger brokerage and it makes it more able for us to do things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. You mentioned when you first started that you had a mentor. Mm-hmm. Like what role did that play in setting up your business and how do people get a mentor? <laughs> yeah. So you definitely need somebody as a new agent to help you, whether it's a mentor or you're joining a team, you need someone to kind of lead you along. I, I guarantee you, if you do three transactions, you won't know what you're doing on the fourth <laughs> transaction. So yeah. it just... I you'll have the same an idea. On the side. I'm like <laughs> to do 100 loans before you even halfway know what you're doing. So every transaction is so different. And you know, it's not just about writing the contract. Anyone can write the contract. You yeah. can learn how to write the contract. It's actually more about managing the agent you're working with, managing mm-hmm. your clients, learning how to handle every obstacle that comes your way because you're getting a different obstacle every single time. And to have a mentor Unwritten or a challenges, team member, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. That you say, hey, I have this situation. What do you think? And right. they go, hey, do it this, this, and this way. Done. Rather than you know losing a client or losing the transaction, right. or losing the deal falling through yeah. because you don't have enough experience. I, I worked with a new agent once, and you know they successfully got their client into contract. And I just happened to look at the photos on Zillow of the property and noticed that the pool was completely empty, mm. and they had no idea that that could be problematic. Yeah, right. Whereas an experienced agent or a mentor of an experienced agent would have probably like avoided so, that potential pitfall by hey, throw throw some water in that pool before the appraiser goes out kind of thing, right? right? There's all kinds of situations like that where experience matters. Absolutely. Mentorship matters. Yeah. And what about a team? I mean, what's what's really the difference between working on a team? I mean, I know you have a team now. Right, right, for sure. I think the main difference, I think if you are a new agent, you can get on a team. 
you count yourself lucky. I have to say, I have people reaching out to me probably every week or every other week asking if they can join my team. And my team, we have three women, four of us total. So three others than Mm me. And it's been wonderful. It's great. We have people to bounce stuff off of. You know, as we said before, it's a 24-7 job. So if you're somewhere over here showing homes, another client wants to see something else. And knowing you have three other dependable people that you can call up and say, hey, can you show my client this property? Right. It's it's great. As a new agent, being able to see their systems, see what they mm. do, learn how they handle different transactions, how they handle different clients, if they're doing client events, they're doing newsletters, if they're doing email blasts, how often they talk to their clients, what their weeks look like, how they're filling their time, how they're prospecting, how their farming is. I mean, there's so much that goes into being a top agent, being able to just model that in a team. I yeah. highly recommend if you can get on <laughs> as a opposed team. to just trial and error and figuring it out over years. Especially yourself, in this market, in this type of market. Tough, yeah, right. It's I, tough. Yeah. If volume is down, how long is it going to take you to get 30 deals under your belt. Right. Right. All by yourself. And everyone knows a realtor. Literally, everyone knows a realtor. So why were they going to go with a new agent who has not a lot of experience versus a newer agent that's on a team with a ton of experience? Right. It just gives you that clout and, you know, I know what the objection is though. Right. So I'm a new agent coming in and, you know, I, I need to make money. You need to make money, right? And and your first reaction is, well, I have to, I make less because I'm part of a team. Well, how would you, how would you respond to you that? You are right? not getting I mean, in this business to make a ton of money your first year or two. You're just not. That's yeah. just not how the industry works. Unfortunately, find like another, I would say find another job. Then. Yeah. Find another job because you're not going to make it. It's going to be painful and yeah. it's going to be a slow death. And I would argue that, you know, your five-year plan is going to be exponentially higher if you take the cut initially, what feels like a cut. It's not, right? You're paying for training and experience and the roadmap. Exactly. The roadmap, right? That is what you're paying for. And your five-year plan Mm -hmm. will probably look much more fruitful. Exactly. You're in it for the long game. It's really, it's you're in it for the long game. Yeah. You know, and I think as a new agent, you got to figure that out. Are you in it for the long game? Or are you trying to get rich quick? Because it's not the industry where you get rich quick, not in this market anyways. Right. Yeah. Right. There's so much to know. Yeah. So much. (laughs) I think that's a wrap for today. Sounds good. The real estate play by play. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this play-by-play, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on your podcast app, or please share with a friend or colleague. For more information, helpful tips, and real estate strategies, please visit us online at www.therealestateplaybyplay.com, where you can also connect with us on social platforms and sign up for our newsletter. Get Get in the game. game!